So, so Dan, before so we Dan. talk about writing, I mean, this is kind of talking about writing, but the final uh, Fantastic Beasts trailer came out. Mm-hmm. And I will state that when this movie came out, why do I say that? Like, it, no one fucking cares. Um, when this movie, like, got released, like, when it was being discussed and all of these things were coming out about Johnny Depp, we always knew he was kind of an asshole, but, like, more things were coming out. I was like, oh, I guess I'm just not going to see this movie. Like, I was firmly... I remember that conversation. And I was firmly, like, kind of just... I was upset because Harry Potter's always been, like, my thing as a kid. I grew up with it, and I love it. I listened to the audiobooks when I was moving down here. But then I see Jude Law as Dumbledore. I'm like, okay. Okay. Cool. And, I mean, I love Ezra Miller. You know about my love for Ezra Miller. This is not news. And, like, the trailers have been decent. But then this trailer came out today, and I'm like, why? This is, like, the biggest test of my willpower, and I'm not sure I can do it. And I'm upset. And I honestly, it's funny you texted me to say, make sure that you've watched the trailer. Because I watched it first thing this morning when I saw Grace Randolph had a reaction to it. Although I was very disappointed by her reaction, because I don't think she caught some stuff. Well, no, because she's not. She never read the. Well, Harry yeah, Potter and that's books. the thing is, like, it, when it comes to, I was saying this to the guy who sits next to me at movies that, uh, when it comes to comic book stuff, I really do trust her, but with this kind of thing, I'm kind of eh. And she even like, I, with, like I would rather look at the to the Carlin Brothers on YouTube, the Super Carlin Brothers. Like even when she talked about like take away away TT one time, and I was like, oh, you don't know, you don't know. And I have to say, her, I am frustrated with her, and I get like. You're not going to agree on, like, you can really like someone's entertainment or some aspect of a person and not agree with everything. I am not a fan of how she handled the James Gunn stuff comparatively to how she handled the Johnny Depp stuff. I mean, I understand uh, where you're coming from. I think the difference there is primarily a court of public opinion. Because while a lot of people were very upset at the allegations leveled against Johnny Depp, it 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 went away a lot quicker than the James Gunn yeah, thing did. Yeah, but I mean, I I guess for me, like all the stuff that's come out about him, all the different details about him, just like as a person, it makes me really concerned about him as a human, and I can't really support yeah. him and how and what he's chosen to do and how he's chosen to. Do things, and I think this is this kind of goes with. I've had disagreements with people based on Kanye West and my issues with Kanye West, and I recognize he is talented and he is skilled, but I can't agree with him. Well, and Kanye West, I think, is a better comparison for James Gunn because yeah. it's public; it's very public stuff. And the unfortunate thing about the Johnny Depp stuff is its is its accounts. It's people saying things, but as far as like, you know, seeing physical evidence of any sort. And I get that. I think that sways people as far as where, how the conversation goes and how it's shaped. But I mean, um, not to be an asshole, but we we have accounts about Kevin Spacey. And mm-hmm. that is was not a public thing. He didn't openly say like, 
Tony's tonight, and I'm really glad I molested half these young boys or something like that. Like, we didn't see that, but we we read this very moving article by Anthony Rapp, and that allowed us to understand things, and there have been articles and discussions about Johnny Depp's behavior, and so I don't really understand where the division is when it comes to things like that. I guess for me especially in the the climate of what is going on right now with the Supreme Court nomination. You could say everything is like private in a lot of ways with that and but I guess the diff- the the difference that I see and I'm not I'm not saying one way or another, but the difference that I think between let's say the Kevin Spacey issue and the Johnny Depp issue is Kevin Spacey's accusers have been very public about it and I think Amber Heard hasn't like I mean I'm I'm not saying I mean she wasn't there to, a legal her... agreement which is why exactly. she hasn't been vocal about it though right but I think that that changes how people look at it or talk about it, it because I think honestly if Amber Heard was out there saying this guy abused me he beat me he's a piece of shit I think that's a career ender, but the fact that it's secondhand accounts and a little more in the rumor territory versus the actual victim saying something, I think that's probably why it hasn't had the same sticking power in the public consciousness. You know what I mean? No, and I get that. I guess for me, I would rather hang out with someone who made a joke than someone who allegedly hurt a person that they cared deeply about. Right. And so, but again, I mean, I get public and private. I do get yeah. it. I'm just saying this is where I, I, ha- I hold issue with Grace Randolph because I think as this, I'm, hold on, I gotta get my soapbox up. One sec. As a woman, you need to like think: Who are you okay being alone in a room with? And I'm okay being alone in a room with James Gunn. I would actually really enjoy that. That would be an okay moment for me because I'd love to pick his brain a little bit. And also, I know he's in a committed relationship with someone he loves and he's really just an angry nerd. I get that. I don't want to be alone. And I don't want to be in the same vicinity as Johnny Depp. And I in no way ever hope to be. Like, I don't want it. And so I will just say, as a woman for me, it is hard to hear those things comparatively to yes some inappropriate jokes but they were jokes yeah and so yeah i guess i i i also think there there are so many more people that are willing to come and stand up for james gunn as opposed to johnny depp like people are like mm-hmm. like Jude Law was like I wasn't really filming any scenes with Johnny like when I asked about it it was it, like everyone upset, they just don't want to talk about it Right. And so, and because uh, I mean, what are they? What are they going to say? Yeah. What What do you say when it's like, oh, this person that I worked with allegedly did these things? I feel really uncomfortable, but I, you know, I wasn't there. I don't like. I, was I supposed to walk off this movie then? Like, yeah. I, what is my responsibility to? What is unfortunately, you know, unsubstantiated rumor? And I think that, like, it's my, it's. It's, it sucks. It just sucks because if half of it's true, 
he's a shitty person. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's the thing. And I guess for me, I've grown up in a such in like a world where if a person makes me uncomfortable, I'm not allowed to be like, well, I don't want to be around them because they make me uncomfortable. I have to have proof. And I have been put in shitty situations because you're an asshole if you don't give a guy a chance to be a good guy. But if he makes you uncomfortable, you have to you have to just be like nice about it and just tolerate it. And that's that is not a a new thing. And I don't talk about a lot of that stuff often, but I have been put in really awful situations. I went to a university during a really problematic time in its history. If you're curious, read Missoula by John Krakauer. You'll understand. But I, I mean, I can't say like, oh, I don't want to be alone with this person because they give me a weird feeling. I've heard some weird things and everything. And I just feel like there's something wrong with that, that you, and there, I mean, Kimmy Schmidt does a really good, uh, like there's a really great line of like, it is amazing what women will do so they don't seem rude. Spoken by Matt Lauer. (laughs) Which Wow. <laughs> wow. Looking back on that, that's a meta fucking moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's anyway though. Yeah. The trailer, I wanna see it. I wanna see it real bad now. Yeah, it's a good trailer. And I think I the reveal of Nagini as that lady was amazing and Oh, and if you see the interview the, where she finally locations. gets to say it too, which she, she's Ooh, with all of them. I haven't seen that oh, yet. It's it, you scroll through your Facebook feed. It, it it'll pop up, I promise you. But like it's a moment where Ezra Miller's like, "And um, what's your character's name?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm not allowed to say." And someone's off stage or like off camera and is like, "Oh, no, you're allowed now." With the with the trailer coming out, you're allowed cuz none of them have seen the trailer. And they're like, "You're allowed now." And she's like, "I'm a I can say it and they're like they're all like yes yeah, say it say it. she's like I play Nagini and she's like freaking out and she's blushing and she's like so uncomfortable oh, so but excited cool. it, oh, it wasn't it was for me it was a really like fangirl moment well and I like Jude Law looks great in the part um I wanted Richard Harris's son but it's fine um, I'm excited to see the younger versions of them explored yeah. more in the further films Mm-hmm. And the the even younger version, as we got a glimpse of well, yeah. young Dumbledore and young Which they say, Well, yeah, that's what and... I was actually inferring to. I'm sorry, I should have been uh, specific. Oh, no, you're, but you're I like that they brought uh, Jamie Campbell Brower, Bauer back, who, fun fact, was engaged to uh, the uh, Bonnie Wright, who played Ginny Weasley. They were engaged for like the oh, last wow. two years of uh, Harry Potter filming. Broke up, but you know, still fun <sighs> fact. Um, but yeah, I love but that the, they brought him the back. The visual effects, the locations. Oh, the locations look so sumptuous. And Say it's just, sumptuous and again. Sumptuous. And the and the soundtrack for this trailer. Great. The way they did the strings into the classic Harry Potter theme. Goosebumps. Oh, and yeah. I was like, God damn it, you've got me. You've got me again, JK. I mean, it's fan servicey, but in the right ways it doesn't feel like it's going to be force awakens it feels like it's going to be really good and i'm excited because i think i mean let's be honest i'm gonna see it like i i i'm a human being with a pulse who read all the harry potter books and i love seeing this world expanded i love that they're i do something i love about jk rowling and she inspires me as a writer so much for a lot of reasons but one thing is like 
she's known about this whole backstory of like Nagini being a woman curse with a blood curse. Mm-hmm. Um, because everyone's like, she's an animagus, and she's like, no, she is a very different thing. But she's known, that, and I mean, if you read Nagini, like, in the books, she has very human characteristics. It's like, she's very smart, and there's, she's very loyal to the people she's with, and so if you read it that way, it makes sense that she is this person with a blood curse, and, and J.K. Rowling has said, I have known this for 20 years. And I love that. I love that she created such a lush backstory as she was writing these books. And it just, like, it gives me so many good feelings, but also confliction. There's a lot, um, there's a lot to be said for the the depth and complexity of her world building. Would you say it's Johnny depth? Yeah, there's quite the Johnny depth here. The thing that I adore about about J.K. Rowling and the world she created is there are stakes and there are sides and there is conflict constantly. But within that, I think she created such an incredibly inviting world that we all, she, she pulled the greatest literary trick, which was that she didn't all, she didn't make us all want to be Harry Potter she let us all be Harry Potter. It wasn't like a lot of people wish to be Luke Skywalker or Han Solo or Indiana Jones or whoever. They wish to be that character. But because of how the books were written and the way the story unfolded and setting Harry up as they did an outsider and an orphan who gets slowly pulled into this world over time, we got to be Harry. We got to go on that journey. And it felt when the world was welcoming and kind to Harry, it was welcoming and kind to us. When he found acceptance and a place where he was recognized and special and found real, lasting, deep, meaningful friendships, I think that's the secret sauce. That's the thing that made this world so wonderful. And to have Newt Scamander now, who is a very different kind of protagonist, but still very much an outsider who's making his way and collecting people like we all do, especially those of us who have family issues. You collect people. I don't know that You collect your little little family. I know, because you and I come from perfect, wonderful families. Mm -hmm. No one ever fights or yells or calls each other communists. It's... um, (laughs) I feel like there's it's a, a story there that you haven't told me about, but... That was a random experience. I wasn't being specific. Um, no, I mean, I love it, and I love hearing more about his backstory. I had a lengthy discussion about his expulsion today because, you know, I, I do love the, that this revitalizes the interest in seeking out that world, but it does, it feels... Maybe it's the timing that almost all of these movies come out around Thanksgiving, which is why my dog's mm-hmm. birthday is November 17th. But uh, <laughs> I, it feels like coming home for Thanksgiving. Yeah, There's, it does. It's low pressure. It, you didn't have to buy presents. People just want you around to eat and to enjoy. You're satiated. And they love that. And I like that this is a little more adult. Because it's growing with us, and that's nice. And I like that Ezra Miller's back, even though I was pretty sure he exploded last time. But I saw the movie once. Between this and um, the other great return to a world that I really enjoy, the new Halloween movie. I was about to say, Predator. going to have a good fall. <laughs> nope, we're not talking about that. 
We're not talking about that. Although I would really like someone to recut the Predator trailer so it's just all the Sterling K. Brown bits and do it to the This Is Us music. Uh, I had um, a realization today. You watch, you've watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? You've watched all of it? I've watched the entire series. I'm outlining a spec script. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I thought so, but then I recently, my sister was talking to me, and she's like, I'm watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm like, oh, hey, me too, because I watch it all the time. And she's like, oh, no, for the first time, like, oh, my God, I wish I could be you. First time I ever said that. Um, but... <laughs> I was watching it today and I realized my two favorite episodes happen in this most recent season, which I'm, makes me even more perplexed why it got canceled. But it's and they're so close together. I mean, and they're and they and they make a nice little sandwich with a great episode where J- uh, Doug Judy, uh, played by Craig Robinson, comes back. But the episode where Jake and Kevin are in are doing are in the safe house is an amazing episode. Do you know, and I, I've been saying this to the guy who said thanks to me at movies like all day. Do you know what clapping back means? Because I do. <laughs> um, but there, sorry, I know you have to edit this. Uh, but, That's and then, right. and then soon after that is the Sterling K. Brown episode, which we talked about in our Emmys podcast. I won the bet, but which we didn't have any stakes on. So I guess bragging Glory. rights as always i'm uh, i'm undefeated four times so yeah so uh but those two episodes are so amazing and i could watch them forever and so i don't understand how the show got canceled but if you notice if you watch it on hulu now the nbc logo comes on yep which i noticed today so it must have happened this week because i do watch I'm, I'm not kidding. I watch it every day. Well, do you want to know why it got canceled? Um, sure. If, if Do you have the inside scoop on this? Because Fox is restructuring as a network, moving away from single camera, only doing multicam sitcoms and sports with one or two dramas only. But what about Family Guy and Bob's Burgers? They are producing less content overall, slimming down with the Fox acquisition by Disney. The channel is still its own company, separate from 20th Century Fox. They will continue uninterrupted doing their Sunday night block. Family Guy, Bob's Burgers, and The Simpsons, all three are down on lock. However, they didn't own the rights to Brooklyn Nine-Nine in perpetuity because it's made by NBC Universal. Where something like Last Man Standing fits more in line with their rebrand and attempt to grab Middle America. They are making a bid for your time. That's why they canceled Brooklyn. You couldn't hear any of what just happened, but you would have fucking loved it. The guy who sits next to me at podcasts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was really just uh, Fox's 
uh, you could have explained that new fox in, yeah in many right. much fewer much. words yeah yeah I, but they yeah they they yeah did you watch as my head brain. actually exploded there yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty proud of how that turned Did, out. That well, felt and good. you rhymed that at the good. end, and you got to get this re- this very genuine and authentic re- reaction from me. This is the beauty of improv, people. This is happening now. I mean, because if I had scripted that, they would have rhymed more. So it's happening now. So, <laughs> uh, well, this bitch. Well, yeah. So writing is great, and I'm sad that it it had to move, but it's on NBC, and it has a new life, and. But it actually, it seg- this segues beautifully into talking about our writing goals for the rest of the year, because one of my goals is to write a Brooklyn Nine-Nine spec. You know, I would have loved to pretend like that was a plan for me. I've sort of tried to discuss writing and everything to give you that segue, because, I mean, let's let's be honest. If one of us is on a two-wheeled scooter, it is you. Probably. They call me the Razor. It's not why you think... Oh, yeah, no, that's because of Occam's razor. I'm really good at finding the simplest explanation and or solution to a problem. Yes, and yeah, so. let's talk about writing. Dan. Let's talk about words, baby. I have to say let's our talk. Emmy bet was great, though, because, one, we didn't bet on any of the writing. And also, nope. we kind of, like, we 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 took some from here and some from here and, like, put them all together. And then at the end, I'm like, we did not guess best drama. <laughs> like, we just didn't. I'm not sure why, but we didn't. Well, you know, no one said it was perfect. And they don't. There wasn't a nice ballot like we get with the Oscars. No, I mean, the thing is, okay, we'll see if they add. Like, we're going to throw they're all They're not these, doing it. They're not they're like, doing it. We're going to just give, give you new things. Right, they just so desperately don't want to, I have to nominate say- Black Panther for an Academy Award. They just don't want to do it. They don't want to do it, Adair. No, they don't. Uh, I have to say, I did like the layout though of this Emmys. I think what they did was good. Like, just they do it because it creates a similar pace of just doing the little clips and then introducing who's going to say the name. Because then it gives them the chance if they want to do a bit, they can do a bit. If they don't want to do a bit, they don't have to do a bit. And I think then, because sometimes bits just go really, really long, and then people forget how to pronounce names and stuff like that. So I think it's just good. I thought the streamline, it did cut, it did shorten the time, which I thought worked out well, especially when it's TV. And I don't think as many people are invested in the TV stuff. Well, I just got really confused because I... I tuned in for the Emmys, and it was just a really long episode of Weekend Update. It was a really long episode of Weekend Update. And that just confused Did you have any moments you liked or any moments you hated? Oh, man. My and Fred sucked. I just just had that locked and loaded. I didn't didn't actually watch the Emmys. Oh, okay. so, okay. Well, there you go. I didn't. I didn't think we were going to talk about it this in depth. No, I sorry. Should have watched it. Well, I just watched the live results on my phone because I was working. No, that's fair. I watched it <laughs> and the they day wouldn't after. Change the TV at work for me. I asked, and they wouldn't do it. Um, it's okay. I watched it the day after, uh, which is why I texted you the day after, and why I had mm. the results the day after. <laughs> but yeah, because I uh, but I watched all of it, and I don't know. 
Like, it was weird having Game of Thrones win things, because I was like, guys, are you just, do you just feel like you have to right now? Because they're in the end season. They're the veep of drama. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, I mean, yes, they are kind of, but I mean, I don't think it's as deserving, because I think veep, like, they put it out there consistently. And I feel like the last season, like, I was super surprised Peter Dinklage got, got the award. Super happy about Alex Bornstein, though. Did not see mm-hmm. that coming. It was funny listening to our podcast as I was watching the Emmys to remember who we voted for. And there were some great moments where you were like, you were spot on on thinking it was going to be something, but then you're like, but it's not going to happen. Like, there's no way Bill, uh, he's like outside, outside chance that Bill Hader is going to get it for Barry. <laughs> like, stuff like that. We're gonna, I know. We're and like, I Henry would Winkler love it to be comment. Alex Bornstein, but she's not going to get it. Or Henry Winkler. I had three like those where I was like, oh, I want this for them so bad. But, you know, I was playing the numbers, Adair, which, you know, does pretty well for me. But I should have I should have followed my heart. I mean, I followed my heart and I didn't do much better. Like it was, I think, our lowest ranking on wins. I mean, even though I won, it was we were both under two digits. Wait, did you win? So, you know what, Dan? You know, it's funny. What? I won. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, so we can edit all this football talk, but we should definitely continue being punchy and mean to each other. Writing, you can often be punchy, and normally you have to be mean. Mm-hmm. because the To yourself and or the words. Or the world. Yeah. Okay. Putting you on notice, the world. Yeah. If Ernest Hemingway didn't already do that. Yeah. I'll tell you for whom the bell tolls. It ain't you. Farewell to your arms. <laughs> farewell. Well, say farewell to these arms. <laughs> the sun also rises. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> I can't just like name Sun that. also rises out of your asshole. <laughs> I want to do an uh, old man which, in the sea, but uh, the old man the, sees you. You're a dick. Or if you're riding the New York City subway late at night and you see the the gentleman in the uh, trench coat, it's the old man and the seaman. Ew. Did I ever tell you about the kid I went to high school with who wore a black trench coat every day? Did he accompany it with a pirate hat? No, but there was a pirate hat Mm. kid. Both of those kids went to the University of Montana. (laughs) Yeah, I remember him. I remember Pirate Hat Kid. I don't remember. Do you remember Cape Guy? Oh, my God. Cape Guy. I forgot yeah, about his... Cape Guy. Yeah. You always like over the backpack, too. So he looked, he looked like, like a hunchback. Like a hunchback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um. Oh, God. Did you ever see the unit? I mean, I guess it was a cloak, technically, because it had a hood. Yeah. But still. Did you ever see We're the We're going to talk guy? about writing. Yes. Unicycle, unicycle guy. guy. We went to a weird-ass college. <laughs> I think we just went to a college. Yeah. I mean, remember like how when spring came out and the slack lines came out on all the trees around the oval? Fucking slack oh lines. Oh my God, the oh fucking God. slack lines. What a joke. Which, a joke much like writing is. <laughs> writing. See, this is just a bunch of free writing advice. That's all this is. <laughs> yep. So Dan, may I ask, dare I ask, what are your goals for the rest of 2018? 18? 18? Yeah, 18. Mm, write a bestseller, have a baby, write a bestseller, have a you baby, write a bestseller, like, adapt th- the screenplay. There's like three more months. You can't have two babies in, in three months. 
But what TV show was I just quoting? Mm. The Rosalita's Run episode of Happy Endings. Oh, man. I haven't watched Happy Endings in so long. I replaced it with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I got to get back in this. That's like replacing pure, uncut heroin with Adderall. Yeah, it'll kind of get you there, but it's not the same and you know it. <laughs> well, I, I'm just I'm just stating that I watched Happy Endings and Billy on the Street like nonstop for nine months. Sorry, just whacked something. I watched Happy Endings and Billy on the Street for nine months straight and then I needed to take a nap. Much like a much like being on very low. on heroin. heroin. Yeah, you had to detox. I had to detox. Brooklyn Nine Nine is my detox. Brooklyn Nine Nine and Thirty Rock are my detox. Well, mm, I mean, to yeah, be fair, see, Thirty Rock is kind of my my like, it's my it's my gateway drug again. I was gonna say Thirty Rock Rock is what I would call my gateway yeah. drug, and then I experimented with Community, but my full blown addiction was to Happy Endings. I was that is my I was experimenting with Community the other sitcom. night. Mm. I was. Um, that's okay it was a weekend it's yeah fine. i i haven't i haven't od'd on bojack yet though this year which i feel so i'm just gonna say this right now when you do watch season five season five episode six is a bottle episode i'm gonna pretend that... like you didn't tell me this last night oh i did tell you this last <laughs> night anyways yeah it was but we're on air so it's just too real guys shit was too real for me that that hit on some relationship things for me where it just kind of wrecked me so yeah i love that is that your recommendation to me that is my recommendation to you is season five episode six of bojack that is so specific i'm still going to recommend to you the daniel sloss uh the two uh, the two comedy specials he has on netflix and we never talked about this before this very moment i don't know what you're talking about you know, Dare, the, the art of writing is the art of discovering what you believe. Just so you know. That's beautiful! Oh, I didn't say it. That was Gustav Flaubert. Flaubert! No, I'm saying Flaubert. Are you, are you, are, are you, are you Kristen Wiig <laughs> yeah, as the target lady now? Like target lady? I don't know what's, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes, That's such a great deal! Sometimes I do weird voices on Dizzy and it's just come over, but it's normally like a little tiny voice, like a, um, I can't do it because I'm laughing, but it's normally like, mm. me too. I don't know why. It's just, I, mm. I think I secretly want to be Maria Bamford. Minus. I thought you wanted to be where the people are. I want to see. I want to see them dancing. Was that what you wanted me to do? So, Dare, what are your writing goals? <laughs> well, you. Because I totally well, talked about you mine. You didn't actually tell me yours. So. Um, I want to finish the screenplay, write a spec script, and then I'm either going to put in another NaNoWriMo into this novel I started last year that I'm really happy with. Um, but I but is gonna take me a couple nanoramas. Um or I am um well, there's a other creative scripted thing, but um I'm in process of pitching a comic. It's narrowed down to one and I refined my pitch and that went well. So if that but if that one falls through, I'm writing up several other pitches as well with everything I'm learning along the way during this pitch Two process. Pitches. The two-page pare down and some other little ins and outs of um, 
individual issue pitching and how to frame the arc in such a way that I can tell an editor what they need to know without telling them everything uh, and that sort of stuff. So I'm, I'm applying what I'm learning there to some other ideas and, and getting some other ideas written up. So I've got two other comic books that I'm pretty serious about that I'm writing up, that I'm punching up along with continuing to pitch this one. So for sure, those are already done, but uh, continuing those, writing a spec. So as I'm going to say spec, novel, and um, either keep working on this horror screenplay that I stalled on or another project. Love it. So, yeah. That actually, you're discussing your outline and everything reminds me of a when I ran into your sister when I was in Montana. To be fair, she found me. I didn't run. Right. I know. She found me. She's a but stalker. But she was telling me about her first date with her boyfriend, and that's what where the connection is. But uh, she was telling me that he, when on their first date, he she had said something about cupcakes, and he brought like a, a coffee cupcake and a lavender cupcake. And I we had a conversation that I actually think I will write into something at some point where I'm like, may I guess something? And she and she's like, yeah, sure. And I was like, you wanted the coffee cupcake, but you chose the lavender one to sa- to seem whimsical. And she's like, that is exactly right. <laughs> I'm like, chick yeah. shit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I would have done the exact same thing. So <laughs> yep, that have been like, ooh, coffee, but, but lavender, because you know that guy doesn't <laughs> want the lavender cupcake. He did it because it's pretty sounding, and it seems like although I do think. Men would be much better off if women took the coffee cupcake and said, you eat the lavender. Do you want it? Oh, then maybe don't get lavender next time. It's a bullshit flavor. It tastes like you're eating a plant. You only want it in bath salts. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then you eat someone's or face. Or hand lotion. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Not sure. Damn. Not sure where that came from. Florida. It came from Florida. Uh, Well, speaking of monster trucks, license plates, um, what else are you writing? (laughs) Not much. Uh, I that's uh, that's the only thing I can think of that's written in Florida is the license plates for monster trucks (laughs) in the prisons. Yeah, no, I gotcha. Uh, uh, Disclaimers for uh, for energy drinks. I also think. I'm going definitely lawsuits. So, a lot of lawsuits. So for are me, in I am trying to put less of a guideline on what I'm writing because I did try NaNoWriMo last year, and I think it honestly hindered rather than helped uh, because I suffer from Catholic guilt on the day to day. So I I feel like if I missed some minutes, I would feel bad. I am going to try and give myself like a time every day for the rest of the year that I write. And I've been pretty good about that lately. And I'm hoping to finish some essays I've started. I'm hoping to finish uh, some poetry concepts I've started. And I also was kind of, I was feeling a little whimsical. had a lavender cupcake and I was thinking about, there's something about the end of summer in Texas that makes me think of my youth before all this happened. Well, there's your opening line. There's something about the end of summer in Texas that makes me think of my youth. No, but period. it does. That doesn't work for what I'm thinking. I want to write a YA novel because you'd be great at that. Yeah, because I'm a child always and immature AF. 
But there, I was thinking about how in the summer I do really like to read easier fiction. Uh, I, I I started reading David Foster uh, David Foster Wallace novel today, and I was like, oh well, I guess it's fall. So, uh, but I like read like Crazy Rich Asians and you know stuff like that. But uh, I I don't know. There's something whimsical, but also I don't know, positive, optimistic about YA novels. I was re- I was thinking about it though while I was driving one night, and I was listening to the the cicadas i was gonna say crocuses but that's a flower tan it's a fucking flower you got really good hearing if you can listen <laughs> I to can the, crocuses. Hear the crocuses blooming i can hear them blooming this is how they bloom, i can hear everything sort of like a uh uh oh demigorgon a little handheld demigorgon uh wish you guys could see this but you can't so oh well but anyway, I was I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about how I I loved YA novels, but I was also there. There's just something so simple about them, and it's so refreshing because even when there's a hard subject matter to it, it's all like, okay, you had a fight with your mom, but it all works out, kind of thing. And I was thinking like the fights in the YA novels were nothing like the fights I experienced as as a teenager. Oh, yeah. Where I'm just like, oh, my God, there is zero, like, emotional manipulation. Not saying my, my parents necessarily did that, but that was a lot of, like, the friendships are a lot more, like, steadfast and they're, you know, they're they're stronger and they're, like, the friendships you have forever. And it's like, I met my best friend of my adult life my senior year of high school. And even that, I think, was kind of a fluke. So, I mean, I don't really talk to people I went to high school with. It's not that I dislike them. It was just that the friendships weren't strong. And maybe I'm a sociopath. And that's the issue. But, hey, maybe I need to read a, a, a write a YA novel for sociopaths. It's like, well, yeah. I don't really have friends. But I can meet other introverted people. Maybe I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> but, and maybe we'll kill someone. Hooray, <laughs> murder. <laughs> but no, I, I kind of have toyed around with this idea but sort of maybe going a little, I mean, John Green does a pretty decent job of doing intense subject matter, but I don't want it to be like catastrophic subject matter. I want it to just feel like the stakes are a little higher. The fights are a little more extreme because I feel like when you are a teenager, your emotions are actually a lot stronger than are depicted. Things aren't as easily solved because they're not so black and white. And like when you have an argument with someone, chances are they assume they're in the right and even if you guys hash it out you're gonna kind of resent each other so that's 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 young adult life and I've read some novels that I think depict that pretty well and some novels that don't uh The Hate You Give is a very good um it's a very good example of there is an argument between two friends in it spoiler stuff happens but, uh, and I'm not talking, like, the subject matter in, in general is very dark. It's it's racism, it's police brutality against young black men, et cetera, et cetera. Not to belittle it, but 
that aside, there is an argument between two friends. One of them is black. One of them is white. The white person clearly does not understand what it is to be black and is says something incredibly racist and never really apologizes for it. She's like, well, I'm sorry you were offended by what I said. And that is actually real life where you get in an argument with your friend, but they are ignorant to what it is to be you. And... You are ignorant to what it is to be them, and that's life, and sometimes those friendships don't come back. And so I kind of want that. Well, and it's it's like the, the Wonder Years phenomenon. Like, he didn't end up with Winnie. Like, he had this wonderful romance with this girl all through junior high and high school of, like, the will they, won't they, and then they're together, and then they're not together, and then they're together. But then... They don't end. Up, they don't stay together. He sees her years later in an airport, and you find and, it out in a narration. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something to be said for the fact that there are people in I think everyone's life where, for a time, you were extremely close, mm-hmm. and you had a good friendship. I mean, you and I in college were extremely close, and now I mean, I mean, we faded away. Now we do this. It's fine. Yeah. It's like, well, no, actually, you and I, I feel, really got in on the fourth quarter there. <laughs> no, we really like, did. We but our friendship was a buzzer beater because we always got along, but we didn't really hang out one-on-one no. for years. And every time we'd see each other, it's like, oh, yeah, you're really cool. We should hang out. And then we finally just actually did it. We no, actually hung out. I remember out. explaining you once as my friend Dan, you know, the one I always sort of make plans with. <laughs> Because that was our friendship for so long. For a good two, two and a half years and then, of just us being like, we should hang out. Let's get a drink. And we just never did. And, and then we finally did. And it was like, Well, yeah. to be fair, we both were incredibly depressed young 20s individuals. And and now we're both incredibly depressed late 20s individuals. Early 30s. <laughs> okay, 30 is not early 30s. It's just I'm sorry. 30. What would you call it then? Just 30? I just call it 30. Just call it 30. It's all right. I can't hear you over here in 20-something land, which I still get to spend two more glorious years in. Enjoy. Cellulite is coming. (laughs) Girl, cellulite's already here. Um, Anyway. Did you seriously hear gunshots? Um, It was just, it was a, Skylar's that sounded like them. Yeah. I don't know because it was went boom 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 boom. It wasn't like a boom, like that could mm. be a car backfiring. It was like a series of them that sort of sounded like a Bad Boys Two ending. Sorry. It sounded like Martin Lawrence's career dying. Yeah, what happened to him? Exactly. Will Smith went skydiving or something. I've been seeing a lot of articles about that, which I was like, why? I don't know. He has a YouTube channel now. Oh, so. well, pass. He's hip. He's hip, that Will Smith. No, he's not. Uh, Can I just say I'm surprised he's not a Scientologist? Seems like the perfect I think he candidate. was, or he at least respected it. I think he respects it because he's a he's a Hollywood man. Okay. Gotcha. And it's like, well, money. It's like the whole Magic yeah. Johnson phenomenon. He hasn't died yet. No, oh, it's amazing. He, but he really, you know, has brought awareness to how people can live without having a talk show. It's true. He has. How do you feel about Space Jam? Two. I think making a Space Jam two is like making a sequel to Citizen Kane. You're welcome to try. 
you are welcome to try. But that is such a specific of the time, of the moment masterpiece that I, you know what? No, no disrespect towards LeBron. I think LeBron's great, but Space Jam is Space Jam. I, what? Yeah, I, what? I, that was like, what? that was like my, my go to sleepover movie. Man, we had very different childhoods. My go to sleepover movie was Silence of the Lambs. Ugh. We would not have gotten along as children. Uh, so, yeah, no, so my, so, so I meandered there a lot, as I often do, much like my writing. But those are my, my limited goals. I'm hoping to write every day. What? You're a Meanderthal. I don't want to smile at you because you're so happy about that joke. I'm so pleased as punch. Oh my god, you're cut. you've gotten so PG uh, since you moved to Montana. Oh fuck that noise! I have not gotten PG. <laughs> you're like, I gotta say fuck now. I gotta say it. Fuck any fuck, fucking fuck. No, pleased as punch just described how I was feeling. You were so I proud of that. I was. I was pleased. I was truly pleased. Well, I'm glad. Now I just feel smug. Hmm. Skylar's taking pictures of his penis, I think. Why? Why? You're in the room. He could just take his pants off. He has a side. Just be like, hey, he has a side hey. Hustle. He's got a side chick. <laughs> Delete this. Delete all. Well, maybe not. Well, who knows? Maybe not a side chick. You know more than I, apparently. Uh, I don't know. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like when I meet him, he's going to try and kiss me. I, I don't. I don't feel I like I'm exaggerating. I feel like you. just like in a friendly I, way. I think he'd like try to play it off like he's being European, and there'd be this awkward laugh, and then he'd hold eye contact <laughs> for way too long. I really hope he listens to this podcast. I don't think he will. He's shaking his head. <laughs> so no, um, I'm really excited that now that I have a desk, the bobbleheads you gave me for Christmas are have a home. Although Hank makes creepy eye contact with me. And John. Anywhere looks, you go. And what? Anywhere you travel around in the room. Uh no, just where I sit. And jo- but John follows me and looks disappointed. And mm, that's because he's like, "Why aren't you writing?" Yeah, why no, aren't I mean, you writing? He is. I mean, like, look at the disappointment on his face. He's so upset. I mean, he's like Drake. He was on Degrassi. No, Drake's new single is like, I'm upset. It's called I'm Upset. I know. Okay. I talked about it on another podcast, I'm pretty sure. I think I need to go now. (laughs) So, okay. So your vague general goal is obviously to write every Every day. day. Every day. Giving yourself the space to write and just letting letting it go where it will. Yeah. You know, whether that is your YA novel or the play that I think you should write or... Which play the, is this? We've talked about a lot of plays. A play in general. I think you should write a play, period. Just write a play. But also... Are you calling um, me the next Chris Cooper? No, no. I'm calling you the next David Mamet. Oh, whoa. And I actually meant Sam Shepard, not Chris Cooper. And now I just... I was just going to walk past it. I but, appreciate you know Are you calling me the next Sam Shepard? <laughs> that was what I wanted. No, you are... Far more surly than that. <laughs> You've got a much more demure um, de- uh, demeanor. I'm also not going to have like obscure things. It's just going to be out there. I walk yep. into a room, people will be like, whoa, 
she's in there. She's in there. <laughs> oh, Adair, this is fun. I like, you like, I like, uh, you like punchy and mean. <laughs> well, I think the biggest challenge this fall isn't going to be writing Adair. I think it's going to be uh, the wrestling, the internal wrestling in your soul over seeing Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, no, I mean that's I mean that's November, so I've got some time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I think it's gonna be that. I think it's gonna be. But if you go see Aquaman twice, then it's then it's fine. I mean, we'll see. I'm a little worried. I, like, I'm excited, but I'm worried. But I think it's just because, like, I feel like that we're kind of at, we're kind of he- here which I get that doesn't make any sense, but we're here and it could go downhill real quick. There's a lot riding on this for me now. (sighs) Yeah, I'm just... I don't really understand what's going on over there. Please don't sing about it. You scare me. Uh, I won't. I won't. You loved that song. I did. I loved it. I wish I was more prepared. When you have the cinematic universe that doesn't have any guidance... When you don't have a single executive who's a fan of the source material and you're not sowing seeds very carefully but trying just to rush to the end. Because Marvel's been doing this for 10 years and you've just started to begin. Uh, I don't know. That's all right. Yeah, I mean, they weren't weren't that far behind, but... They they spaced it out too far. Well, they spaced it out too far... And then they tried to, and now they're trying to squeeze a bunch in, and they made a mistake. Listen, Nolan hit it out of the park. He hit it out of the park with that tone. If they had just transplanted that tone and been like, larger universe, we're going to get a new Batman because Christian Bale doesn't want to do it, that's fine. They, he wrote you the exit plan. He gave you Gordon Levitt. You could have just done that. And you could have stuck with the same real grounded tone and you would have built to the superpowered big motherfuckers, but kept it grounded. And it just, it would have been, you know what? Yeah. We have what we have. Let's just. I like to think that the meeting where they were like, they offer him, uh, Gordon Levitt, the, uh, the role, they offer it to him. They slide across a piece of paper, like saying, you are Batman. <laughs> and he just does a little like, <laughs> and dances out. Mm-hmm. And then you make my dreams come true by Hollow Notes starts when he's in the, he uh, yeah when the he's in the street only once he's in the street yep. because yeah silence right. is key um, twist and shout I mean no I think what we need to do is we need to bring on Lego Batman he's our Batman now and I think we need to bring Channing Tatum because he's already the voice of Lego Superman but bring him on as real Superman so let's just let's just see what happens and have Lego Batman Channing Tatum still have Gal Gadot. Ezra Miller can come in as the Flash, and we'll see Jason Momoa. We will see. We will see Aqua Bro. Indeed, uh, yeah, I'd say like that sounds like a good plan. Could, I think we're gonna have a good fall, Adair. I think we are. I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine anything could go wrong. Oh shit! I should have never said that. No, it's okay. No, it's a- you said it, but we don't live in a movie, so it's going to be fine. We don't? No. Nope. Wait, what are you doing here? No, put down that knife. <laughs> I know you. You would be far more frightened. No, if Clark I would came pull in out dressed my own like knife. his mother wearing pearls. 
Clark's mother doesn't wear pearls. She's a diamonds or nothing kind of gal, that Jill Hodges. Uh, I, I, I can't blame her. Well, Adair, um, the only way that you can climb your way out is through words. Oh, God. You got to poem your way to the top. I want poem to be a verb. And I also hate that my phone autocorrects poem to P-O-M-E. What the fuck is that? I think the only the power of your poetry can pull this podcast in for a landing. Oh, God. It's the only thing. Don't ever give my poetry that that kind of pressure. Well, Dan, I have threatened it for years. I'm going to read you a poem that I wrote in <clears throat> June of 2016. Why do I remember that? Doesn't matter. It's called Raccoons Before I Met You. And you know why I called it that? Just so I could fucking say that. The night before, I dreamt of a domesticated raccoon on the shore. We lived in the car at the edge of Big Sur. I glanced at cliffs and on waves, wondering about the future I made. The next morning, I recalled the nonsense. Why tame a wild creature by the sea? That night you spoke with such confidence. I wondered if the wild was in me. It's very... William Carlos Williams. I messed up, but I don't fucking care. Well, I was going to edit your mess up out. Okay, then me- then edit it out and edit this out. No, but I'll keep in the explanation. So then people will be like, what word did she say wrong? Was it raccoon? Because she was so insistent on that. Did she say, and raccoon? <laughs> Damn it. And a raccoon. <laughs> a domesticated raccoon. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. A trash panda, as it were. No, I... I, I, I it, that is one still to this day one of my favorite dreams I ever had was I had a I had a raccoon and I lived in a Volkswagen Passat. Well, if you're gonna live in a Volkswagen and you're not gonna do the stereotypical van, gotta go with the uh, gotta go with the. Passat. I mean, that's what I was raised on. I I learned to drive in a 1990 Passat. It was like a yacht. It fit illegally eight people in it. <laughs> Legally wow. five. <laughs> and you're okay with uh, driving a Volkswagen, even though they made uh, vehicles for the Third Reich. You're fine with that. Huh? Uh, wow. It's it's not a me wow. thing. It's a uh, the fact that my dad, he, my dad believes in several products. He doesn't drive his Volkswagen anymore, but he has one. But Volkswagen and Apple were biggins for him. Hmm. And I remember when I bought a Fiat, and he looked at me. And said, I have no daughter. Which was very weird because he has two other daughters. <laughs> wow, man. That was, I mean, of all the things to, to disown multiple people for, that's. <laughs> it's not even just like a thing I did. It's like it had ripple effects on my siblings just because of the proximity. <laughs> I guess my dad reacted similarly the first time I voted third party, so. I have no son. Uh, yeah, no. It works better, though, because he only has the one son. So. Yeah, no, that, it does. Much better. Uh, my story was funnier, though. Uh, no, so, Much. yeah, I had a Volkswagen Passat growing up, and then I had a few other cars and then settled on my Fiat, and I'm not sure I'll ever go back, but majority of my family has Volkswagens. It's like a thing. 
Me and my mom are outliers. And they all wear Hugo Boss suits too, I'm sure. Patagonia, bitch. We're from Montana. Trying to call you Nazi sympathizers because Hugo Boss did the Nazi uniforms, but it didn't work. It's okay. It's okay. I just wanted to shut you down just once because you're very- You can shut me down as much as you want. You're very mean to me. I'm mean- I'm really only mean to you when we podcast. I know. It's true. You're like one of the most supportive people I ever know. I ever know. It's really, it's something about just like seeing your face that just it makes just me makes you want to punch me. So mad. <laughs> I I have one of those baby punching faces. Like it just makes you want to hit babies. Do we, do we, do we, do we need to talk after this? Like, are, are we going to be okay? I think we will. So I, I there, feel like I've been are, a little mean. There are podcasts where I've definitely like, I've needed some counseling after. This isn't one of them though. Oh, okay. I just call my aunt. I'm like, Dan was mean to me. And she's like, well, what did he say? And you're like, I don't know. My audio's rendering. I'll, I'll listen back in a minute. But I remember it was mean. I need to export it. And then I'll find out. It's still in the shared file. The shared <laughs> file. So You have it. You can just read it. Just download. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> this is going to be a real fun one to edit. I'm really sorry. <laughs> You don't have to be sorry. I'm saying I'm genuinely going to have fun editing You're going to be like, I forgot that Adair went mildly insane. Yep, which means I'm close <laughs> once she goes completely <laughs> it's insane. It's only taken you almost a decade. I, I saw on Facebook the other day, they're like, you and Dan have been Facebook friends for nine years. And I'm like, ah, Jesus. Yeah, well, we've been real friends for like five. <laughs> we just friended each other. Because in college, that's what you do when you're mildly acquainted with someone. So for a second. I'm going to call this the the burst into song episode. (laughs) So it's funny, though. I I feel like we're we're ending. We're coming to a close. So I feel like I can share this. I just had a moment. I think it's because I'm like a little punchy that I saw lettering and it like shows up on this chest behind me. And I'm like, why does it say you on my chest? (laughs) And, uh. It's because the computer's telling me that that's who I am. It's not on the chest. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) A Secret Weapon Production.